church boys. Well, so it's been a while. And I think, yeah. fellas, we need to address. There's been a lot going on in the world the last several weeks since we recorded. But I think we really must address the uh, what is it, the 800 pound gorilla in the room, Billy. Don't talk about you, yourself, Billy. You're way. really not looking. <laughs> talk on you. <laughs> See, I knew where you Stomp were going. all over it. <laughs> I knew where you were going. I. I so, knew it. So, Billy, um, it's so nice to see your pretty faces. By we the way. we were talking earlier today, and surprise, here we are on a Tuesday or Wednesday or whatever day this is. Uh, but I don't even know what century we're in. We were talking so early. Bye. We were talking earlier. About <laughs> I signed a check the other day, 2012. <laughs> <laughs> no joke. Isn't it funny that we're all just becoming Joe Biden? Oh, yeah. <laughs> you can't make those jokes, Billy. You'll get kicked off Facebook. Speaking of, so, oh, okay, yeah, so, yeah, we need to get into that for a second, but we were discussing offline earlier, the three of us, like, Billy, like, Lucas has been traveling all over the world. I've been in Disneyland getting my kids transitioned, and Billy's been in the... <laughs> Billy's been in the tuberculosis tuberculosis ward. What is oh going on in God. your Billy? We need to get this straightened yeah, up first because updates here. because we well, got I, started late tonight because apparently someone in your house is near death. Every since April first, it has been a rotating door of illness that does not end, and I don't know. It started with sinus infections. Now my nine year old has the flu, oh. and she's got like a hundred and four fever. It just it doesn't it doesn't end and it all overlaps and it was the minute that the masks went away because they're touching their faces it's not it has nothing to do with like I think you know when you when the mask is covering your face you're not touching your mouth all the time and my kids love to like pick their lips and touch their mouth so, so wait a second anyway, is that a pro is that a pro we mask like statement ago. I think I think it was but I, it's not you know what it, we just lost you know like is, we just lost really, all three of our listeners right there so Lucas pull your mic down a little bit I think I can, I'm getting I'm some I'm so glad okay. the masks Blair. are gone. I'm glad the masks are gone, but guys, I didn't have a sinus infection for two years. I wasn't on an antibiotic for like two years. <laughs> no, but I, think I that's haven't. Part nothing of it. I have done has changed. No, you I didn't still leave, don't your... leave my house. Yeah, but you didn't. But of course, now uh, kids are interacting more. I'm sure that the, kids... the crumb crunchers are bringing home disease. But don't tell me kids don't touch. They touch <laughs> their face less when they got masks on. Do you watch children with their masks? Yeah, always this, always this. It's down over the down under the, the back. They push it. They're all I mean, constantly. Yeah, they just let it hang down. I don't know. I mean, oh. I didn't look. Look, I'm just telling you. I'm correlating this with it. Literally, it did happen. It was literally like April first, and this started April first. So we have yeah. been, regardless of what the cause is, in an infirmary ward. You don't think it's allergies? Two months, and you don't I, think it's allergies? I have been sick for most of that time. You don't think it's allergies? What? You don't think it's allergies? No, I mean, no. I've been on two antibiotics. No, hmm. I don't. I don't. Well, I've she had a flu like, test, so that was definitely the flu today. Right. Certainly. I've started like shame staring everybody that I see who wears a mask when they're by themselves, <laughs> like in a car. Like I just kind of pull up beside him and I just look and I'm like, "What are you doing? I don't understand." Yeah, I don't understand the wearing the mask alone thing. Still, or I, that's happening here too, and I I don't. You're I, driving in a car with the windows up alone. It was weird in 2020. It's really weird now. I, I I'm still weirded out really by the people who now. wear that wear them outside. Still makes me yeah. I, what? I, but yeah, listen, I don't do your that. thing. That's fine. But so you're are you feeling yeah. any better? I mean, you don't have whatever your daughter has right now, at least. No, yeah. To, but 
today you was the first day that I didn't cough. I did not cough all day today. It was the first day I did not cough all day, and that was and that was good. So that was an improvement. <clears throat> so yeah, I'm I'm definitely I'm definitely better just in time to catch the flu. Yeah. <laughs> which I'm sure I will because I took care of my kid all day. So I'm sure I'm going to have. But a yet break. you're the only people so. like in the state of New York who haven't had COVID yet. Yes. So that was the and best it, part. And it's surging. Had COVID test does not have it. We are like the only people that have not had COVID, maybe even multiple times. Right. I mean, it you've is, got bizarre. and you've got two kids who go around licking doorknobs and other people and your and your you know wife what, works with children all day long. Yes, she's not had it either. And so and she gets tested and stuff, you know, for for her job. That's nuts. It's interesting. It, it, and we also do test at home, you know, because we have family members who are ill and we don't want to like, you know, so if we think that we're sick, we'll test. Um, and we've been sick for two months. But it's so it's crazy. I don't know. We take a lot of vitamin D and we take a lot of like the vitamins they say to take, you know, which we right. would do anyway. So I, I honestly think it's the vitamin D. Are you That's still my wipe, theory. Are you still wiping your your delivered groceries, like your organic milk no, and all that. No, no, no. I'm let's glad you talk about organic. Before we get into Roe v. Wade and actual real things, let's talk about organic milk. What's your beef with organic milk? I'm just. I, well, I have a whole lot of questions. The whole organic movement is. I'm getting an echo. The whole organic movement is weird to me to begin with. I think that there's a whole lot of shenanigans that go on on there. And we, when I was back, when I was at the Blaze, we wrote. A, we had a big thing about that too. But, um. But the crazy thing is the idea that there is milk that's not organic. I mean, there's nothing more organic than milk. I, I mean, like, well, there's le there's fewer antibiotics allegedly, but that's not right, why I buy organic right. milk. Why do you buy organic milk? Because you want to sound hoity toity. Because it lasts like three. Whatever they do to the organic milk, normal milk lasts like seven days or eight days, and organic milk lasts like three months. And so I buy it. Because if I'm in, I'm not in Pennsylvania often enough, it'll last a lot longer. That's literally the only reason why I buy it. Are you? Well, a why, don't you buy, why don't you buy? Why don't you buy? Why don't you wait? No. Why don't you buy less milk instead of spending thirteen dollars on a gallon of organic milk? Spend five dollars on a gallon of regular milk, and if it goes bad, it goes bad. What? Well, because it literally lasts two months, so you don't have to worry about shopping. When you're in like rural Pennsylvania, you don't want to have to like go and yes, buy. Yes, when milk. you're in when you're in rural Pennsylvania at the lake at your second home, I don't want to hear it from you, Rockefeller. <laughs> Chris, what's um, your milk preference at your household? White milk. White milk, just we, regular. I like regular, regular, milk. regular. No, gross. One percent regular, one percent milk. I don't like my what my daughter drinks um, because she's got some allergy. Or she is seem to have had allergies i think she's made it up too but um she drinks what's the what's the is oh, not the almond one what's the milk you drink she drinks almond milk what's it oh, silk that's or gross no, no, no. yeah no that's no good yeah they drink I almond milk a, or they drink soy people drink soy milk it's like no you're drinking okay. so, coconut milk it's coconut milk is where it's, at. it's soy that is called soy juice Almond juice. It's not yeah, milk. I, but why not? If it, if okay, it didn't, well, oh, if it didn't come from a nipple, it's not milk. Well, yeah, but coconut milk. I you believe put the in term like a is smoothie. a teat. <laughs> this show is off the rails. We've been on for what five minutes, and I already went out. I've got um, I've, actually nine minutes. Nine I've minutes got I've life. got nipples. Um, I've got nipples. Lucas, could you milk me? <laughs> well, as a cow, I think the answer to that would be yes. This is from it's um, a it's from Fockers. Meet the Fockers. Meet no, the Fockers, no, it's uh, yeah. meet the parents. Sorry. Anyway, yeah, well, I'm a Christian. Yeah. I don't watch those. So kinds of tell movies. me but, about um, the, coconut milk is gross. Like, I'm is, an oat milk guy. Is it wait? Is it straight milk from the straight from the coconut? Because I don't enjoy. I don't, 
Because no, 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 that I've would be coconut up. water. Coconut milk is where they take like the kind of pulp stuff and they kind of pulverize that and uh, then milk that. That doesn't sound good. It either. tastes like milk, though. I mean, it's no, sweet. It's, it's fake news. See, I would say oat milk tastes the most like milk if you're going to go with an artificial, or probably cashew as well. But I don't do that. But well, when I'm pretending oat. to be healthy, I make a smoothie with the. I don't drink. <laughs> The coconut milk, just to clarify. I make a smoothie with frozen fruit and the coconut Frozen milk. fruit, coconut milk, and a gallon of ice, a gallon of ice cream. <laughs> when he's being healthy, he uses coconut milk instead. <laughs> you just oh start the show. We probably should start the show, but I'm interested also in... Well, I was going to share with you some of my travel woes from, from the Disney trip, but Lucas, you've been all over the planet. What have what have you been up to? I think people I have, should know. So I, I kind of forest gumped my way into a uh, a little national news story um, in Washington D.C. last week, where I was eating dinner about three blocks away from uh, the Supreme Court when the leak broke uh, with Politico and Roe, and so we I was with I was with our friend Farachi. So uh, we here's, we paid no, the wait bill. Wait a second. Here's here's a here's a surprise, Belly. Are you surprised by this? Lucas and Faraci both found themselves by total coincidence at the Supreme Court the day that in the middle of a news story. No, I'm not, I was on the phone with them. The I was that, I was on the phone with them on their way to the Supreme Court. The day Court. the story I'm not leaked. surprised by it. No, no one is. If I could, I, it's oh, I just happened upon him. I happened to be there. I just happened upon it. <laughs> no one believes you, guys you are Lucas. Like, ambulance chasers but in a good way yeah. when it comes to news <laughs> yeah so anyway go ahead lucas we yeah, so we were we were of probably the first 100 people at the uh uh i can't say on the steps because they were blocked but right. you know basically at the base of the steps of the supreme court it was there was three of us and a bunch of protesters <laughs> and um and then the first group to arrive the first pro life group to arrive was atheists for life um, they were the first pro-life group to arrive. The church really didn't get there till about the next day. Um, and then you start having the Christian groups show up the next day. But by the next day, I mean, the whole front was just packed with pro-life groups and everything else. So I was there the night of, and then the day after, uh, kind of wandering around. But, um, yeah, pretty, pretty historic to, uh, to be there at that so moment. So where were you in Farachi? Where were you and our little friend Farachi eating? And then how did you find out, how did you know to make your way down there so that you could anger yourself in front of the cameras and then hire yourself on as a contractor for Fox News to run a camera for so someone. So it wasn't Fox. Oh, sorry. Um, but uh, we were eating, I think it was called Scarlet Oaks. Yeah. Um, and so just kind of down the road from uh, Supreme Court. And um, we were we were with some folks. I, I, I might get in trouble for saying We well, were then, with then, some folks say. from a major network. And... Um, I ended up holding the holding the phone as the as the anchor who was with us skyped in cool. uh, and did essentially the first on the steps national story that broke. So I uh, <laughs> I, I, I I'll probably never get credit for it, but it's, I was I was he, there holding Billy, the camera. I imagine Billy. Here's what I imagine happened. Right, he and Farachi just got takeout from McDonald's. They happened to be wandering around Washington D.C completely lost because they don't know where they're going they find out about the supreme court thing they happen to be near they show up they see some nice news babe 
trying to get ready to do a report. And Lucas comes up and says, I don't know if you know this, but I'm something of an internet sensation and personality and do a lot of professional recording of studios. I could hold your camera for you. That's what I picture actually happening. But, well, and then the next day, so, I, you know, I, but, but the next day it it's better than just that. He did this television work for this person. Oh yes. The next day he has, finagled himself into a major Fox News story where they're not only quoting him and have his picture, they're also like the subtitle of everything that they're doing on this report is his quote. Yes. Well, this is what, you know, he's becoming media royalty. This is what happens, right? Um, when you ambulance chase hard enough, which I love, you by become... The way. Yeah, no, I, but I've listen, got nothing, but, I've got nothing but mad. That, I love that they went to the Supreme I've got Court. nothing but mad respect for his hustle. Don't, don't get me wrong. But meanwhile, wait a minute. I'm like, why is everybody in DC together? And I got no invite and they're calling me on their way. No invite. They're at a book release party. No one tells me about it, but they called to tell me they're on their way to the Supreme Court. So, oh, we, thanks for the dinner invite. I, so my life update is I signed with a new publisher, which I'm able to announce. I can't announce the book title yet, but I can announce the publisher. <laughs> so I signed with Humanix, which is the publishing arm of Newsmax, and uh, have a book slated for early next year is what we're hoping for right now. And um, so we were there for another Newsmax, Humanix author, had a book launch. And so that's what brought Farachi and I into town. Yes. And, and Farachi is like, a cartoon character who emerges everywhere. Right. So you could be like anywhere in the world. You know, like it's like Carmen San Diego. Yes. So he's going to be there. Yep. Um, but no, I we had a great conversation on their way to the Supreme Court, and they're like, "We gotta go." And then like they got out of the car. There were lights and cameras. We have to like go. A red carpet. It was like for the record, it was pretty intense. Like I mean, it wasn't like it wasn't like riot violent or anything like that. Thank God. Um, but you felt like it could go that way any second. Hmm. You know, like when we got there, there was probably about 100 people, maybe a little less. By the time we left, it was probably 300. Um, and it was just, it was picking up a lot of momentum, a lot of noise. There was one guy that was a little, probably like the most rowdy. And then everybody kind of charged up to the gate. Police were kind of running around doing stuff. Um, and I thought they were actually going to charge through the gate for a second. They didn't. And police kind of stood there and stopped them. <laughs> And, but, uh, it, it was, it was interesting. So, you know, we were, we were like in the mix for a while and then we were kind of like, you know what, we don't really need to make that headline. And yeah. so we, well, and I think, I think you're going to see a lot more of those headlines as I've seen a lot of comments and I know we're, we have to start the show and whatever, but I've seen a lot of comments where people are saying things like, wow, people you know, are really getting worked up, but not as much as I thought. People are being calm. That's because the final verdict hasn't right. come down yet. Wait till the yeah. summer. Right. Exactly. Right. I, I think we haven't seen anything yet when it comes yep. to reaction on this, yep. if, if it goes the way we think it will. Hot weather and angry leftists. Well, and, and, and fewer news headlines. So the media will play it up and push it up so that it makes more headlines, too. That's just what that's what yep. they do, especially in the yep. summertime. It's, I mean... Look at the look at the protests that happened before the election too. Of course, they had a vested interest in having those election those riots do something. Those anyway. Uh, anything else we should discuss before we uh, start the show? If not, oh, you drove to Disney <laughs> because you were over the weight limit on the plane and didn't want to pay for a second seat. All right, <laughs> so right? I don't know how far I take this. <clears throat> oh, just take it we, there. We. 
we booked tickets with an airline uh, on the way down there called Allegiant Air, which is known for having. Okay, that's your first problem. Which is known for having discount (laughs) tickets. Yes. Okay, it sounds like it. Okay, but we were flying out of of Boise, which is where my mother-in-law lives, because we were going to be on the road anyway because my daughter had a softball doubleheader. We left from the softball doubleheader, went to my mother-in-law's, and then we stayed the night there and got up early the next morning to fly out of Boise because Allegiant flies out of Boise, and we're going to fly directly from Boise straight to LAX. Wasn't going to be any problem. And the reason that we weren't so leery about it is, one, well, we liked the, the price, but the reason that we weren't worried about it is that my niece flies Allegiant all the time. She lives in Boise. She, she's from Boise, goes to college in Phoenix, right? So she would take that flight. So she's a col- she's a college student. Let's right, but flying a, discount airlines, right, but Flintstone Airlines, but flying it regularly, okay. multiple times a year with zero problems. Yes, we okay. get we get I'm sure to she's the, not over the weight we get limit. To, we get to the airport. Anybody who says that about Allegiant has never actually flown a real airline. <laughs> I didn't say it was good. I've I just never heard of Allegiant. We have Allegiant here. I've never we, even heard we of it. We take Allegiant down to Orlando at times because it's the only direct flight here down to like these vacation spots. Right, and it's again, I've never flown it. My niece has flown it many, many times and had zero problems. We get to the airport. We go and park our car for forever away because there's construction going on. We take the shuttle on the shuttle on the way to the airport. We get a notice from Allegiant that our flight is canceled. So we get up to the gate and we are not to the gate to the. Um, is this the, before the, or after mask mandates have been dropped? This is before we still had mask mandates. Okay. <laughs> so this is in mid-April, okay. early mid-April. So we get to we get to um, we get to the air, we get to the airport and you know the the ticketing ch- check in area every every airline's got their own little booth and, you know you got Southwest and you got Delta and American and on and on and on. There's one dark spot along that entire long counter of ticket agents, right? The entire long counter everything's lit up. There's lines everywhere. There's workers everywhere except for this one little tiny pocket right down toward the end. And it's dark as night there. And that is the Allegiant ticket area. <laughs> and I walk up and there are no workers. Not only have they canceled our flight and the flight of everyone who was going to LA that day, there's no one there to answer any questions. Finally, some kid who's, who's <laughs> turns out it was his third day there. Some kid comes wandering out from the back and goes, yeah, they canceled it. And apparently they do this. <laughs> it's like this poor kid. So we're going along to each of the each of the individual ticket counters saying, "Do you have any tickets for today going to LA?" Because we had tickets for Disney. That was this was Sunday morning. We had tickets for Disneyland Monday through Friday. They already paid for. And the way Disney does it, you have to reserve. Not only you don't buy your ticket, you have to reserve ahead of time a spot to go to the park because they limited number. How panicked were you? First of all, how panicked were you, and how panicked was your wife? I was by far the least panicked person there. <laughs> Let me put it that way, <laughs> because that's just how I roll. So, I, of course, I'm I'm upset. I'm you know I'm I'm annoyed because we got we got tickets. And, and so I'm sure you were hungry at that. And point. I and here's here's the other thing. I hate logistics. I don't like getting on the phone and talking to people. I don't want to go up to a ticket counter and talk to someone to figure something out. Can you help? I don't want. I don't want any of that. My wife's great with it. I hate it. But. So we're going from ticket counter to ticket counter, trying to find something. We're searching online, any flights, nothing. I mean, the only flight that was available, there was a couple seats that were available for 2000 bucks a person. 
just for the one-way ticket to LA. Because we were flying Delta on the way back. There wasn't going to be a problem. And so we're like, well, then we could, there's a flight that leaves way early tomorrow morning. We get in in the after, you know, early afternoon on Monday. I'm like, we already paid for tickets for Disney. We got to find a way to get there. And I said, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to go downstairs to uh, Hertz Rent-A-Car or whatever and see what they got. And so we actually, we, that's why I checked it out. We, I said, I came back up and said, Hey, listen, we can get a van for, you know, a few, a couple hundred bucks and we can drive down to Los Angeles from Boise. It's a 13 hour drive. And, uh, my wife's like, no, we have to find something else. And my son's like, no, he's near tears. He's near tears because he's so annoyed. Mm-hmm. And my daughters are like, I'm cool with it. Let's do it. So we, uh, I talked him into it and we finally did it. And we drove, we got in the car and drove 13 hours straight to Los Angeles. And then nobody, nobody peed. Well, they we had to, we, to stopped, we stopped to go potty and stuff, but you okay. know, get a, get a, right. obviously we had to get some stop and get vittles. But no, we uh, instead of putting miles on our van that was parked in in Boise because one of us we would have to drive it back. We just drove one way. But that if you've never driven through Nevada, I would advise not driving the long way, which is the way we went. Because if you go from Boise to Los Angeles, you have to drive the entire length of the state of Nevada, and there is nothing there. I mean, it is desolate. There's beautiful mountains. It's beautiful mountains. Like you're in the middle of this high desert and there's beautiful mountains clear off to the side. I mean, you're already at, you're higher than Denver. I think we were at about 7,000 feet elevation, but it's all flat desert and with mountains way out there. And you're like, when we get to those mountains, it's going to be really pretty. You never get to the mountains ever, never. And then we're driving along and we have to suddenly in the middle of the state of Nevada, there's a stop sign on the freeway. You have to stop and make a turn. It's really weird. Anyway, so we drove down and went through Vegas, drove right by, because the interstate goes right by Las Vegas. The highway does right there. So so that was so a fun So you guys trip. drove to Disney, yeah. and then you were indoctrinated, I assume. Yes. There was some sort of transitionary right. I, Well, I went, down with, I went down with two daughters and came back with three. So that's good. <laughs> uh, so that was nice. But I'll tell you, the one thing, the thing that, ticks me off more than even Allegiant is. So on the flight, on the flight back, (laughs) we sat on the plane for two and a half hours waiting for one old fart and his wife to get onto the plane. Now, I don't know if it's because this old fart was, they were there late or if because Delta screwed up because apparently there wasn't like a lift to get these people up onto the plane. I don't know what was going on. Something was broken. I don't know what it was. But we sat there for two and a half hours waiting to, to, to leave. Anyway, but the thing that really ticks me off is I was sitting next to a guy. And you know how some folks, like, Billy, you and I are, are bigger dudes. But we're not, I, I'm not, I call you fat all the time. But you're not morbidly obese. I mean, you're not. We're not like pouring over into the no, next seat. No, you're not seat. pouring over to the next seat. And even <laughs> even if we were. You have enough sense, and I have enough sense to, you know what? I'm not going to make the person next to me uncomfortable, yeah, right? Tuck yourself in a little right, bit. Right, get in, right? I, I, listen, my belly's not going to hang over the sides, but I have broad shoulders, and I'm, but I, so I try to sit so that I'm not, you know, like yeah, I whatever turn. Whatever you sleep at night, okay. Right? Yeah. So I, I turn so I'm not, and plus the, really for me, is I don't like touching other people. But the guy next to me, this schlub, is How sitting How tall here. are you, Chris? I'm 6'1". Okay. Yeah, so... um. So I'm sitting next to this guy and he just, 
I don't, what is it about people that they think that they can just sit next to someone else and just completely relax? Like he had his, the, the armrest between us. I'm on the, there's just, it's a two by two plane. Like there's a window aisle seat and then aisle seat and window. So there's a four across, right? He's sitting by the window. I'm sitting by the aisle. He lifts the, 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 the seat divider, <laughs> seat divider up between us. And then just kind of does how I picture Billy sitting at home, just kind of ugh, like this. So his pendulated stomach is over, he was in your lap. Just say essentially, he was in your lap. essentially resting on my leg. Right. And he's taking both armrests like this, right? He's got he, his arm in the middle seat. No, like, there's not a middle seat. He's oh, the, it's, just two. it's just the window and then me. Right. Okay. And I think this is called cuddling. I just want to like point this out. This but it's sounds like, like and a little, I don't understand. Like basically, what you're saying is you spooned with a guy on the plane, essentially. And so I don't understand. Like I under listen. I get the whole men sit a certain right way, right? Like man spreading people call it. We sit that way for a not reason. On an airplane, but not on an airplane. And like at least take an effort so that your thigh isn't rubbing up against my thigh. Who in the world thinks that that is a good idea? I mean, like, have some others. That is the word we must remember when we go to the airport, others. But this guy just, it's one thing after another. And it's like, anyway, so that was the worst part of the trip. I I love traveling. That, I love flying and everything. That and, oh, I hate travel. Oh, it's awful. Nobody, nobody likes traveling. No, I do. No, no. You like, being, you like being the places you traveled to. The traveling process is awful. The no, airport is it. the airport is awful. Done. Security is awful. Plane seats are awful. People are awful. I mean, it's the the <laughs> yeah, food. Traveling, it's I don't feel terrible. that way. I mean, I like how it. how tall are you? I actually got excited that I had you, a layover but you, but in Charlotte the other day. But you're probably like what five three, one hundred and twenty pounds. <laughs> I'm not five three, thank you. With my hair, I'm probably six one. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, I just. I just I hate every second of it. And I'm I'm and I have other issues too. Like I'm constant I've never been comfortable in my life. Like I I'm constant pain and I'm always fidgety. So I've got that going for me too. But Well, and you are a constant pain. Right. The other thing that's I was gonna say that was the worst part of my trip. The worst part of any trip to an amusement park, stroller people. Have you been around mm. stroller people? They are the worst. But we can I'm just picturing Lucas strolling around a dog. I don't know why, but I just am picturing <laughs> I it. Too, I... So anyway, so anyway, that's that's uh, the excitement God. that we had going to Disneyland. And um, yeah, you my... have to if you're gonna travel, you have to like really master all like the the path for comfort and convenience. There is the none. Way. There isn't one. I don't. I, there is. Whoa, well, no. Here, here's here's a, here's a, this will be a tell for anyone who needs to know our personalities. Billy, do you put the seat back when you were on an airplane? No, absolutely Lucas, not. Lucas, do you to everybody else? Do you leave the seat back halfway? Uh huh. That's exactly what I thought. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, hello. From the sublime to the ridiculous, but mostly ridiculous. Billy Hollowell. Hey, does this suit make me look fat? It's not what he said, you ignorant wretch. Chris Field. 
bad guy in Little Gold. Let me tell you why I suck. Lucas Miles. I want you to forget what you saw here today. Aw, I've interrupted happy time. The Church Boys. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. I hate these guys. Well, Billy, you've been the most rabid about the whole abortion thing for the last several years. Well, you want to start off this little conversation? Yeah, no, I think I think it's really interesting to look at what is about to potentially happen. And let me and let me also say, I think both sides of this discussion are approaching it. One side is absolutely elated, which I understand why. The other side is obviously panicking because they just clearly don't understand what abortion is and are clueless. But the side, our side, the pro-life side, I do think there needs to kind of be a pause moment on this to realize, okay, there is going to be a massive amount of responsibility if Roe is overturned. And I would actually argue that things might get worse and not better in the immediate. And so I think we have to have like an honest conversation about why that is and what that actually means. Um, for the pro-life movement, because the idea that this is just this victory and it's done, I think is is inaccurate. Does that make sense? Yeah. What are you? you want what, me to explain why? <laughs> yeah, I would love for you to explain why. Let me ask you a question though. What do you, what are what do you place as the odds? What are the odds in your mind that the draft version we saw is essentially what the final version will actually be? I think there's an eighty percent chance that it's very similar to that. Hmm. Lucas, what do you think? Oh, I lost you. We lost you. You're muted. Okay. I, I would tend to agree. I think it's going to be, you know, relatively similar to what we saw. I think that they just had to, like, not give an instant response because it would have just created more chaos. I think they're trying to let it kind of people ease into it. Interesting. Yeah. Well, well, I think that the big thing that, you know, we have to sort of consider is that you're going to have 50 different abortion battles that are going to kick off, right? This is going to be good. You're going to move from a national conversation about abortion. And by the way, you have the abortion pill, which is the way that like 60% of abortions are apparently happening through the pill. So you have that complication. But I think the bigger thing is that, and this is actually, it's not a bad thing. I'm making it sound bad. You know, getting rid of Roe v. Wade and returning it to the states is where it, what should happen. Yep. But you're going to have states like New York that have abortion through birth, California, Colorado, go down the line. Then you're going to have states like Texas and Florida and others that restrict it. But the pro-life movement is going to have to figure out how to fight 50 different battles now. Um, and that is going to require a completely different system. And I think the desperation and anger is going to increase on the pro-choice side once this happens. I think you're right. I think, And I think that that's... But I think that that's a good thing. I think that I, I think that yes, I think not having a, a blanket policy for for uh, uh, making abortion abortion the law of the land to listen. Some states have it, and some states don't. Is is the better policy? And and I don't favor. I'm willing to be talked into it, I guess. But right now, I am not at the point where I favor the idea of a a federal ban on abortion. Like if there were enough senators and congressmen, pro-lifers to say, we're going to put a, a nationwide ban on it. I, I would Why like not? to say, I would like, cause I want every, it could, because to me in a perfect world, each state bans it. Now, I don't think that that's going to happen, but I, I, like I said, Lucas, I'm, I'm willing to be talked into it. 
because I think abortion is horrible and evil. But I, I'm also very much into our system of government, of federalism, and I think that each state should. But I think that abortion is one of those items that doesn't necessarily need to fall under the federalism thing. If we believe that it is, that we believe that life begins at conception, we're trying to protect, you know, human life. I, I certainly can certainly be talked into the idea of, of a nationwide ban. I'm sure. I'm sure. Yeah. I think you're going to have a lot with these exemptions to, you know, these, every single piece of this battle, right? Cause obviously the thing that the pro-choice side always focuses on first is, and it's funny, Jen Hatmaker, which we could talk about her response after, but you know, she lists off the things that are obviously the, the most egregious shocking things, right? Like, the life of the mother, the life of, of, you know, or like fetal abnormalities or all of these things, rape and incest that, yes, they do happen. It does exist. These things happen. They're horrific. It's tragic. Um, but they are not the main reason people have abortions, right? So right. they always lead with those things. But but states are going to have to figure out where they do stand on some of these things. And that's a whole other complication in this that I think right. you're going to see pro-lifers fight about, actually. I and, think there's going to be a lot of fighting. And, and, the, reason, and, the, and the reason... The reason that I am hesitant on backing a federal ban on abortion is the same reason that I is they're related, I should say. In a perfect world, you have each state outlaw abortion. I would love for every state to have a complete and total ban on abortion. I would love that. Um, I don't think that's a reality. I also don't think it's a reality that the Senate will ever pass a, an abortion ban either. I just don't think that yeah, that's a reality. No. I just don't. I just don't think it's doable. And I, I'm well, not. I mean, and I think there was I, people that there was once upon a time where people didn't think that Roe could ever be overturned. I, I'm one of those people. You know, and yeah. so here we are. You know, with this being, you know, potentially, uh, you know, something that's going to happen. I think that you know, in a perfect world, you would have states have a ban on abortion, but you would also have it at a federal level. Um, in the same way that you know. I mean, there used to be a federal ban on marijuana mm -hmm. and you would have states like Colorado that said, hey, you know, screw the federal government. We're going to make it legal here. And they, you know, basically, you know, created the sanctuary city that was there. I mean, we're not talking about something that is speed limits or something that's, you know, I mean, I, look, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a state guy. I'm for states making these decisions. But this is a it is a criminal offense across the board when you're taking the life of someone. And so I, I think that this should be addressed at a federal level. Do I have doubts if it would, if the Senate would ever do that? Sure. Right. You know, but, but I think that in a perfect world, it would be something that the, the federal government would, you know, make a stand or take a stance on, you know, against. Yes. Um, and I, and I, I, I should say, I should clarify before people get pissed at me or question about my, my love. Listen, well, you, I, I would argue that I'm the most pro-life person here. I'm like, I'm, I'm one of those no exceptions people. Rape, incest, yeah. that kind of stuff. That's doesn't matter how the life got there; still alive to me, right? That's yeah. I'm, I'm one of the yeah. radicals on that. Agreed. Um, yeah, so, yeah. I'm I'm more likely to favor exceptions, even though I don't like I don't like them. And for I'm, a variety I'm with of reasons. you, Chris, no exceptions. Yeah, and, um, and it's you it, know I I think yeah. Well, that's a whole we can have that conversation. But I think later on. But, but I think in a perfect world, we have we avoid we again. Perfect world isn't what we live in. The system that we have is, is one of federalism. I think that blanket federal bans on things that are as immoral as abor of, of, as abortion are totally are, are, are totally 
worth debating and discussing and, and convincing each other of. I think that I, I don't have an issue with having that debate either. But I think there's an uncomfortable part of this discussion, too, which is that, you know, the idea that abortion. Yeah, look, OK, I am not also a fan of saying, well, the majority of the public wants this or that. And it should definitely happen because of that. There have mm-hmm. been times in this country the majority of people wanted things that were not great. Right. Um, the, the reality is the majority of the country. It's one of the most complicated issues. They don't want row overturn. The majority don't. But but the majority of the country does want cap they want to cap abortion at even 12 weeks not just 15 sure there are surveys you know knights of columbus they every year um even the majority of pro-choicers are okay capping abortion at 12 weeks so this is a complicated issue to look at polling on one of the most challenging parts is that the country doesn't really i mean a lot of people on the pro-life side which i am on will say oh the country's becoming way more pro-life the stats don't really back that we've been in a stalemate on abortion in this country for a long time but when you get into those details yeah people want caps i think the last thing i'll say on that front is i do think the reason i would not necessarily and i could be talked into it favor a nationwide ban is that i think we overestimate how much a law is going to change hearts and i think i do think we one of the big things we have to do is do a better job of reaching people with these reasons of why this is not a good thing why this is evil why this is bad but we don't we don't do that with anything else. We don't we don't say that about shooting people. You know that we yeah. have to reach people with reasons why they should. You know we just say no, it's illegal. You know, the but they also that believe that it's wrong already. You think everybody believes that that's wrong already? The majority of people in this country yeah, think that shooting majority, somebody is sure. Wrong. But you know, there's certainly people that don't. You know, I mean, the percentages might be different, and it might be you know favored. But you know, I could take you uh, 90 miles not- from me. I can go to. Inner city, but there know, isn't. Chicago. But there isn't. But there isn't. But there isn't a federal, as far as I know, a federal ban on murder. I mean, like there's each state has their own murder laws. You know what I mean? There is. Yeah, I mean, right, I, th- I think there's some sort of federal. There is, if it's a uh, federal, if if it's a federal offense, like happens on federal property or involves a federal official, those things. Okay. But as far as murder goes, each state has their own murder laws. And so that's sure. kind of, I mean, that's kind of where I, I, I should say the reality of the situation to me is that it, the abortion becomes a state mandated or state controlled thing like murder is. And to me, hopefully every state adopts abortion as a, as some sort of murder law. I, I again, Can I, I just, you have to be careful well, on how you debate it and discuss it. I, I totally understand that because there's, whether I believe it's murder or not, there's people involved who's who are in emotional states that I can't have sane, normal discussions with. So I have to actually appeal some to emotion, right, and understand where people are coming from without sacrificing the things that I believe. Well, you don't want to overshoot. Again, you don't have you have 56 percent of the country in some polls saying that they think this is the wrong move for the Supreme Court to do this. You don't have 56 percent of the country saying it's OK to shoot people. It's OK to do you know, so you have to, I think, and I think sometimes the pro-life movement overshoots and you can have a retraction from that people. And so as much as people don't want to have those conversations and, and feel free to push back, but you have to on strategy, because if you overshoot and you over push, my view is that once this happens, I'm not saying the court shouldn't do it. They should. Once they do it, how are you then going to engage in a way? And I think a nationwide ban would be the wrong way to engage coming off of that it would cause a retraction. You have you, almost six sure. to 10 people don't agree. Sure. 
Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, look, you, you, there's always the philosophy of this, the theology of it, and the strategy of how you get it done. And and I think that you know you have you have pro life advocates that are sort of like it's it's you know we got to go for this extreme you know position and by extreme I mean you know not that the belief is necessarily extreme but they want they want a major jump towards you know a world where there is no abortion which we, where we would say yes we all want that you know if we're pro life uh, and then you have others that say hey let's just start chipping away at this until we go state by state and kind of winning this over across the country. And, and I think that, you know, I mean, both are great, you know, but but what can you actually get done? And yeah. I think what we're seeing is the state by state, you know, creating sanctuary cities or sanctuary states, rather, where it's a, an anti-abortion state. You know, we've seen that, I believe, Oklahoma and other places, you know, have, have kind of adopted that. Um, and so, you know, I, I mean, I certainly that that seems to be winning, you know, on a on a state by state basis, you know, more so than maybe some of the more like what would be, quote unquote, extreme measures. Do you think it's do you think it's fair? I, tell me if I'm out of line, because I'm, I'm not saying this is my position. I'm just I, I want to ask if you think this is fair or a fair discussion point. I see it a little bit akin to the slavery argument of. You know, 200 years ago. Right. Like the the idea of fighting over slavery, that it was allowed, but um, we want to try to stop it. And some states were going to allow it and some states were not. And eventually the, the government, you know, completely outlawed it. But the, the two the three fifths clause was written into the Constitution with the understanding that eventually the anti-slave people will outnumber the pro-slave people, pro-slavery people. Right. And eventually we'll be able to, you know, to, to stop this. But for now, we're going to leave it up to states. We're going to whatever it is. I think that I don't know. And, I mean, and, and they worked on and, and they worked on changing people's hearts and minds on local levels. I think. I think. I mean, yeah. you know what's what's interesting? You see that you know eventually become a federal position. Mm-hmm. You know, in order to eradicate it, um, and it became a part of the Constitution, though, too. Right? I mean, it's not. I mean, we fought a war over, it, but it eventually became. Yeah. I don't think we're ever going to get there on abortion. I think we should try. And I think we should. I just don't. I don't think we're ever going to. I mean, look, do we believe that society in a society where almost 60 percent of the people don't agree with the current very likely decision and you look at what's going on out in the culture? Do you think we're going to get people to that place? I think the idea is get as many people to that place as you can. Um, I don't know that you're going to get people to see abortion the same way as they saw as slavery. Slavery was so over. You could see it. It was there. Abortion. There's so much that the industry hides. They shield it with language. I just think it's I I understand the comparison. And in fact, you know, you look at the Dred Scott case and some of these other things. I think the danger of assuming that, um, you know, that this is settled law. And that's a lot of what the pro-choice side is saying. This was settled law. And, you know, you had, you know, Planned Parenthood and Casey and, you know, that case in 1992, that was settled law. Well, no, there were lots of things that were settled law. Dred Scott, people were like, this is settled law. Slaves don't deserve protection. Well, no, it needed to be changed. It was bad law. So I just, I don't know. And it just, just to interject real fast, Billy, I mean, both Biden and Ruth Bader Ginsburg criticized Roe by saying it was bad law and that it should go, even though they were pro-choice, that it should go to the states. Yes. But the reason they criticized it, yes, and the reason they criticized it is because they believed, and this is interesting, and Chris, correct me if you think I'm wrong here, but the belief was that it was better to let the states make the decision that that Roe should have been a localized decision. It should have affected that case in Texas, and then from there, you could 
make those moves and you let the legislature do this on a state by state basis, not the way that it was too sweeping. And so I well, think that is interesting in light of what we were just talking about. Yeah, I mean, and, and, and you know, all, Ginsburg also favor. She thought the privacy um, the privacy argument in Roe was off and thought it should have been some sort of just, you know, kind of uh, personal right or, or you know, uh, other stance other than taking the privacy angle. Right. And I think that was one of the places well, and she felt like there was a flaw. Well, and I think that that's I think that smarter people than me have debated the the whole right to privacy issue as well. I mean, Ed Meese is one of those people and he never, and, and you could talk, we, you know, if we ever had Matt Faraci on again, but um, listen, let me say that I am not advocating for Matt Faraci to be on our dear friend, Matt Faraci. Please. But he, I out. remember, I think it was he and I were, were discussing just at a party one time that Ed Meese years ago made the argument that there is no right to privacy. Now the Supreme court has declared that there is one because they found it in the penumbra of the fourth and 14th amendments, but it doesn't, there isn't actually one, uh, which is what covers Roe. And I think that that's part of what Ruth Bader Ginsburg was kind of getting yeah. at is that this, this isn't really a privacy issue, right? But Billy, to back to your point earlier, I wanted to push back on this a little bit and see if maybe, maybe I'm screwy. You said that we are, we are not, we are not more pro-life or anti-abortion than we are. I think that we might be because because of technology, people are seeing more and more. I like there's people like like right now you've got people saying that they're they're okay with a 12 week, you know, banded after 12 weeks or banded after 15, where 10 years ago people wouldn't have said banded after 12 or 15, right? The debate was about viability, you know, you know, 10 years ago the, the debate we were having 10, 15 years ago about was whether partial birth abortion was okay or not. I mean that we have moved from that. We have moved more pro-life from that argument because but they weren't have asking a, those questions. They weren't asking those more specific questions. So I don't know. Well, I, I think I part could, of it, but I think they weren't asking it because people weren't prompted to because it wasn't until in the last several years that we actually got 3D, you know, uh, ultrasounds where people were actually seeing the faces and the bodies of their babies. And people realizing, I, you, know, I this, also, you know, Chris, in in favor of what you're saying, I think it's also. It's also cooler to be pro-life now than I think it's ever been. Right. You know, standing against it, the I, mean, man. I can remember as a kid, like going out, you know, with our church group to like do, you know, some sort of like uh, stand on a bridge with signs sort of thing. I did that, you know, once as a kid yeah. and I, it was rainy and like it, it just felt like it just it, it, there wasn't anything exciting about it. You know, I didn't really understand the whole thing at that time. But now you're seeing like, you know online you know uh influencers and TikTok people and all these people that are making videos and you know sharing stats and and there's a little bit more of like a movement around that i think that is beyond just kind of you know your your um you know kind of orthodox catholic and you know homeschool families that are doing this now and again right. even homeschool families are cool you know this i mean it's everything is different now today you know from from maybe what it was when we were growing up well yeah. so I know so Chris, me, you grew up in a me, different era, but before yeah, Chris, in the before 1800s, television. they didn't even know what abortion was. Um, <laughs> you know, I want to just throw a couple numbers out because I, I have been a proponent just like, so I'm talking out of both sides of my mouth of saying, I think that we've gotten more pro-life. I have changed that perspective in the last week or two, looking at the numbers. And I do agree. There's more people using unique ways of communicating about it, but there's a couple of stats that were pretty eye-opening to me. Um, and the first one would be, you know, when you ask people, do you think abortion should be legal under any circumstances? Okay. 
legal only under certain circumstances or illegal in all circumstances. What was really shocking is that in 2021, it was the highest percentage of people saying that abortion should be legal in any circumstance that was recorded since the mid 1990s. So it was on par and we've seen those numbers. So 32% of Americans believe that abortion should be legal under any circumstance. It had been in the 20s for the last 20 or 30 years. Is that the, is that the And Pew the other thing? thing, what was that? Is that the Pew survey? This is Gallup. Okay. Um, also, legal only under certain circumstances was the lowest it had been in 2021 since the 1990s. These numbers I found. Now, is it sweeping? No. But when you look at it, it's hard to walk away and say, oh, wow, there's been this massive shift towards right, but, the pro-life. But, but, but it's not the, the two the two figures you gave were not. They were legal in all circumstances or illegal in all circumstances. Legal right? Those are the only two. under certain as well was the lowest it had been. OK, that was the one that shocked me the most, to be honest. Now, you're talking about 53 percent versus 48 percent, but losing five percent percent percentage points is a lot yeah. in a couple of years. And so I found that shocking. And there are a lot of other. But I do. I wish we had numbers tracking like the 12 week, the 15 week. That's where I think. To your point, Chris, yes, I think there is probably some movement of people saying, yeah, I'd cap it more, but I still think abortion should be legal. Yeah. Which is unfortunate. Not to be depressing, but. <laughs> but I think sorry. that, well, but the more, but I think that, it, but I think that, and I don't think you're going to ever find the 12 and 15 week tracking because I don't think the question was asked, like you said. But I think it became, started getting asked because people started seeing these images and they started understanding what they were seeing. And when we gave them evidence, and we showed them pictures, and we actually explained what it is we're saying, hearts and minds changed, right? You have, and I think that that is a, the strategy we have to have when it goes back to the 50 states. Because, because pro-lifers in Washington state, I don't have to convince all the people in, in California or in Oregon. I just gotta work on convincing half the people here, right? That's, that's a way easier playing field. Right. But not everybody agrees with that strategy. I agree with that strategy, but but some people would say, no, it has to be illegal. You can't start at 12 weeks or 15 weeks. Again, I don't I think you have to work where people are and make and work. Your well, way and back. I'm not I saying that I want to I'm, I'm I'm not and I'm not advocating, but I'm just saying that the 12 and 15 weeks is an example of how we used evidence and science and technology to continue to further our pro-life argument. Does, does that make sense? And we yeah. can continue to do that. As science continues to evolve and continues and technology continues to get better, more and more people are going to see more and more images of real babies in the womb looking like babies outside the womb. And I think that I think that, that is that that is how you change people's minds about this stuff. That and it's a winning issue. That and you're not way. that that's and not opinion. screaming at them and calling them murderers, right? <laughs> I mean that's I mean, yeah. that that also tends to help. Maybe that's just me. <laughs> what have you seen, like ministry-wise, that has been effective? Look, I'm because you've been like around the around the block and back again. Yeah, yeah. You know, I um, you know, especially with being in D.C. when this happened, I I flew from D.C. down to Tampa and I taught at a at a larger church in Tampa, and you know, it was probably four hundred people on a Wednesday night. And, you know, I spoke very openly about, and I, you know, I talked to, I, it was my first time there. So I talked to the pastor ahead of time, you know, one of the pastors there about 
hey, I want to make sure this is okay to kind of dive into this topic. And I wasn't planning on necessarily talking about it, but I, I talked about being, you know, on the steps and and kind of how historic this is and kind of what this means and and you know what it doesn't mean also and everything. And um and you know, it wasn't the main focus of my message, but I did I did talk about the importance of this and you know the um uh uh and, and afterwards I went out to my little like, you know, in the lobby, they have my my books for sale, and you know I'm signing, you know, and taking pictures with people and which saying book, hi to people which and book all is that? sort of stuff. What's that? What book is that? The Christian Left. Is that no, available? Is that available contact. still somewhere? It is available wherever books are sold. Okay. Or if you want were you able to copy, hold your scepter while you were signing autographs? <laughs> I, well, <laughs> you know, I they the crown was a little was a little loose. But okay, so during the book too, so. signing, how was how was the interaction with folks about the topic? So the first lady that came up to me. And so, and they had like this again. It's a big church. They had a security guard for me who was like with me the whole time, and and like so, this guy's like kind of right behind me. Well, this older lady comes up, and by older, and apologies to any of our older audience, she was probably sixty-five. Okay, okay. (laughs) so she comes up to me, and I'm there at my table, and like there's two girls that are like helping sell the books, and so I'm just kind of like a high top table you know, with my Sharpie marker and a smile, you know, ready to like, you know, say hi. And, and, um, and, and so I, uh, this lady comes up to me and like my hand is like, my arm is like leaning on the table and she grabs my arm like really firmly and like kind of is like squeezing as probably as hard as she could and real kind of aggressive. And, uh, and I think I used the word on Twitter that she accosted me in this, you know, and I wasn't assaulted, but I do think it was an accosting. <laughs> and she gets up in my face and she goes, um, how dare you tell me what I can or can't do with my body? And you have no right to do that. OK. And, you know, before I even had a chance to, like, respond, she kind of, like, huffed off and, Wait, and was gone. Did you? So you didn't. I don't know how you restrained yourself from saying, hey, lady. I'm pretty sure, could be wrong, I'm pretty sure you ain't getting pregnant anytime soon. (laughs) Because my assumption is that she, you know, that, you know, that there could be something from her past or something like that, or somebody close to her. I mean, it it felt very personal, you know, and so I don't want to make assumptions about it, but it just felt very personal. And, you know, the security guy saw it after, you know, like right as she was leaving. He's like, hey, what did that get kind of heated there for a second? Good I, job, yeah, security. You, okay, had, you, know. you had one job, Mr. Security Guy. I know. That's, that's yeah. I, <laughs> I love that he was watching from afar, like <laughs> sipping his icy. I needed Dave Chappelle's being... security guards at that time. Was it you know, Farachi? Was, I mean, was it Farachi doing what? security? <laughs> no, no. This guy actually did. He did a fabulous job. Okay, I enjoyed. Good. I enjoyed meeting okay, him. Okay, good. Um, but uh, the. So, but that, that was the only negative. I mean, everybody else was extremely positive the whole Good. night. This Sunday at our church back home, I actually did a whole message that I entitled a scriptural foundation for the pro-life Christian. And the reason I wanted to do this is you hear a lot of times, you know, um, the arguments from either progressive Christians or from pro-choice movement saying the Bible never addresses abortion. And to which I would say it, it uh, I mean, basically, my position was it addresses plenty about abortion or at least around the concept of life for us to be able to develop a theology of, you know, the sanctity of life. Right. Does, and does so the Bible, I, I went, I, I'm curious, does the Bible address 
pornography or dirty movies? So yeah, that was kind of my that was my stance. You, do you want the Bible just to list every? Don't kill somebody with a fork. <laughs> don't kill somebody with a spoon. You know, don't kill somebody with a Nerf gun. You know, right. don't kill somebody with your Ford Mustang. Or by si- by sitting on them because you're enormous, right, Billy? Don't right. do that to someone. That would be horrible. Yeah. So like it, the the Scripture does not take the position of trying to list all the ways in which evil can be performed. Right. What it does talk about is it does it does warn you know in the Old Testament. You know, we see warnings uh, uh, to Israel about not to follow the practices of other nations, to not adopt any of their their uh, uh, practices. One of the ones it refers to in that were the Canaanites, who had the uh, the god Moloch that they right. worshipped. Uh, the name Moloch is is actually two Hebrew words that are sort of like uh, basically superimposed <laughs> over each other, and it's the word for king, and it's the and it's the word for shame. So the name Moloch basically means king of shame, and the the main method of of, of worshiping Moloch was child sacrifice. Right. And this specifically, Israel was was warned not to adopt this practice. Um, you know, and and you see, you know, certain kings in Israel, you know, Manasseh, Ahaz, that 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 uh, kind of introduced Moloch worship. They left the high places intact to be able to do some of these, right. you know, acts. Uh, and of course, you know, we see all sorts of verses about. You know about the 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 value for life. We see a lot of verses. You know, Paul, Jeremiah, um, David, all reference how God knew them in their mother's womb right. and formed them. Uh, and so there is a theology that is in Scripture very clear that God knows us and we have an identity that is our own person when we are in the womb. Right. And and even some of those references even before I was in the womb. And so therefore, from the moment that I became in the womb. You know, I, I I took on this personhood that you had a purpose for me, everything else. Right. So, you know, I kind of went through that. So if anybody's interested in that, it's on, uh, uh, I know it's on our, our, our Facebook page for Influence Church. There's no I, uh, and I think it's also on our podcast as well. You can look that up. Good. I was just going to ask you if there's free a place of, free of charge. Find it. That'd be awesome. Yeah, that's, yeah. I mean, well, I think that that's the thing that people have to understand is like, okay, you can talk about the Moloch stuff and everything, but that's babies who are already born. What about the ones who aren't born? And I think that, that's the, that's what we have to get to is that is the is the idea that God understands us and He knows us and He loves us for and what's amazing about that is He loved us before we were born, and He loves us now in spite of who we are <laughs> and how screwed up we are. But all right, can I just make another point here that I think is interesting on the pro-choice side? You know, their their argument hinges on the idea that a baby is essentially a parasite, which people have been saying to me lately, which is. Uh, a whole other new, I, like it always goes deeper and lower and in the evolution. Worse, but, right. Yeah. Parasite is pretty awful. But this idea that because the baby requires the woman and needs the woman, that the baby should be able to be discarded by the woman. The reality is what we're talking about infanticide here. And to your point, Chris, this is after birth. Well, what is what is stopping you from just making the same argument a month or two months or six months? Or when I have a six year old who's still pretty dependent on or us. The, yeah, when the baby's you know when the baby's breastfeeding and literally sucking right. food out of you, <laughs> it, they are completely helpless without you yeah. um, outside of the womb. So yeah. that moral that ideology that they're using as the baseline for why this is okay would extend if you were to extend it outside of birth until they're 18 years old, essentially. So I don't know. It's just, it's wild to me. And that's why people are, you know, (laughs) concerned about stuff like the, the California, um, the California law for the, the 28 days, 
you know, and that's that's was the the argument there is that look, you know, this is a this is a very vague law that you know is is addressing um, you know that that nobody can be charged for twenty eight days, you know, if the child dies for any pregnancy related issue. And perinatal it's kind of like, well, was mean? the word that they used. Perinatal was, was the word that they. I think prenatal. the word was perinatal. Para, per, yeah. It was perinatal, which which extends generally medically outside of the womb. Now they did take that out after, but everyone had to freak out first. <laughs> sure, for them, sure. To, they tried. to change it, right? They which, tried to do it, but that matters though. That yeah. matters. Somebody could somebody could make that argument. Yeah. Right. So these are look. I think we're headed into, and Abby Johnson said this on her podcast on Monday. Um, we should actually get her on here next week to we talk should. about this. Uh, but she said, look, you know, things are going to get way worse. Buckle up. Like, this is not. And I do think not to be negative. This is a positive thing. It's all good. But we have to go into this with this mindset. If we do not, then the pro-life movement is not going to be successful after Roe. You've got to know new battlefield, new war. Right. No, I totally agree. Okay, so we have a, just a couple mm -hmm. minutes left. Did you want to bring up the Mad Hatter? Ugh. <laughs> Yeah, I'll bring it up. Um, so, <laughs> is it so? <clears throat> there are some people who trigger me, and they trigger me because they're just so wrong about everything. Chris and Jen Hatmaker. Um, those would be two people. And and look, I don't like to go after people. Jen Hatmaker has every right to believe what she believes. She has every right to say whatever she wants to say. I'm not trying to cancel Jen Hatmaker. I'm trying to say. That I'm trying to say, put her in jail and make her be quiet. That's what he's saying. <laughs> I find it unfortunate that people who claim to be Christians and identify as Christians hold such unfortunate anti-biblical stances. And yeah. I know that this is Lucas's like entire existence is <laughs> yeah. talking about this ridiculousness. But because I, 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 I want Lucas's take on this because I'm yeah, I'm primed for it. I had started writing an article about her, what she had said on her blog about abortion. She basically came out and said that Roe v. Wade, overturning Roe v. Wade would be a disaster for women. It would hurt women, um, aired all of her grievances. And one of the one of the worst parts of it was you know, she went after, you know, she called them legislative opponents to Roe. Um, she basically said that these people were putting on a political theater. And, and here's just a little bit of a quote. She said, because if this rabid energy was genuine, if it had any integrity, it would come baked in with the fiercest, staunchest advocacy. And then she lists off things, birth control, comprehensive sex education, maternal health care. I mean, this goes this list goes on and on and on, you know, victims rights for all rape and incest survivors. She just has a list of things that if these people who oppose Roe legislatively, if they really believe that they would advocate for all the things that she believes they should advocate for. So. I, you know, I had to write on it because I think it's so crazy. It ended up becoming an opinion piece about why I thought she was so wrong about so many different things here. But I just want to point out one other thing. You know, she goes on about how this hurts women. These people do, they have no self-awareness because 43% of pro-lifers, if not more, but at least 43% are women. Nearly half of these people are women. So right. and some polls, they're not trying to hurt and, so, and some polls will show that women are a majority of Yes. Pro yeah. I'm I mean, going with the conservative the, right, numbers right, right, on right, that. Right. Yeah, exactly. Anyway, what's your take, Lucas Miles? Okay, so, I mean, look, yeah, I mean, Jen Hatmaker's been on my radar, you know, for <laughs> a while. And, you know, she's, you know, she's somebody, like, you know, if these individuals, like, if it was just one progressive talking point that they were trying to defend, 
and they had some sort of biblical orthodoxy on everything else, you could almost take them seriously. Right. But when they jump on every single liberal, you know, progressive leftist talking point from, you know, uh, regarding sex, gender, you know, abortion, open borders, you know, all this sort of stuff, like it, it you know, socialism, blah, blah, blah. Like it just like there's there's zero credibility from a biblical witness standpoint in what somebody like this is saying. And, you know, um, she, you know, she, first of all, I, she makes the, the, uh, the argument, I think that a lot of people, you know, on the, on the left side of this address. Um, and, and let me just say this, I, I saw at the, the steps of the Supreme court, there was a group there the next day, leftists for life. This is not as clear cut as it used to be. Right. You know, I mean, these were these were like some of the most diverse, alternative-looking people I've ever seen before, who were chanting, and they were some of the loudest people for life. So this isn't just like you know, it's not just a left-right thing anymore. It's the lines are different. Um, but you know, I think that you know, one of the arguments that Jen makes is is she sort of implies, I feel like that you know that the people getting abortions are these poor single moms that what are they going to do if this isn't available to them and we're going to create all these bad situations the median income for somebody having an abortion i just saw this week was like $47,000 a year um you know this is not the the picture that we get of you know the the mom that's you know on welfare who's getting an abortion i mean you know that that's not the stats that's not what that looks like and so um i think that you know there there should why is it harder to you know, get a gun license than it is to have an abortion. Like, why aren't we requiring background checks? Why aren't we requiring, you know, medical exams? Why aren't we requiring all these different things, you know, that we start looking at for, you know, other things that we, we offer permits for? I mean, it's just ridiculous. And so I'm with you, Jen's response, and I've only kind of skimmed like half of it. I, I was so like nauseated by the her her post on this that I just couldn't take it to, you know, this week. So, well, I think I just want to emphasize, I think the biggest problem with it is this is settled law. And I want to emphasize that again, there are lots of Supreme court, just so everybody understands this slavery is something that was settled law. You're right. Okay. It was settled law in 1857, the Dred Scott case. And it was a horrific, in fact, it was probably the worst Supreme court ruling in the history of the court. And it went on for years after that, that that was settled law. So Jen Hatmaker, would you have wanted that to be settled law? Of course you wouldn't have. I'm not even right. trying to say that you would have. I'm making the point that it's a dumb thing to say that Roe v. Wade was settled law and that that was it. Her right, last statement here was, this reversal will cause monumental physical and social harm to women. And it's a way to love our sisters. We will use our voices our votes and our giant arms of love for one another. Does she give any evidence of what it would do, how it would harm women? Um, she talks about it will mean girls and women. This is a quote: "It will mean girls and women will have only unsafe, illegal, and dangerous options they will choose." Versus and unsafe. As a reminder: and, those girls. Go ahead. Versus unsafe and other kinds of practices like you know sex that they could have chosen, you know, earlier. Right. Right. Um. I'm trying to think if there's here's another like just, you know, uh, statement. It will simply mean more women are permanently injured, dead or imprisoned to the destruction of their families and lives. That's all. Uh, adoption agencies will be overflowing with advocates prepared to um, 
uh, raise these children. This would make sense alongside the fanatical crusade against reproductive rights because everyone is so concerned about the babies. Uh, that was her. Did. That was her saying that they were not. That if this were true, that yep. people really that they that they'd be going out to adopt all these babies. And look, I actually think that is something that the pro life we need to step up to the plate even more. Yes, we do it more than anybody else. It's not a bad criticism to say, look, we need to do more of that. I think it's a reminder for all of us, but it's stupid in in the context. Sorry to interrupt. It's a but stupid of what criticism, to but it's a stupid criticism in this debate, as as though yes. as though pro lifers are are also anti anti adoption. No, and, and let's talk about it. you know the the problem. Part of the problem is is adoption is freaking hard. Yeah, you know it's 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 not an easy thing to do. Right. You know the the hoops that you have to jump through, the cost that's incurred. Yep, a lot of people aren't able to do that, even if they wanted to. Yep. And there's issues Reform with the foster it. care system. Like we can talk about like revamping abort or adoption and revamping, you know, the foster care system, you know, in order to make it easier for people to, you know, be able to take in kids and vet, you know, kind of who's doing this. But, you know, it's 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 a, an idiotic statement just to say that, you know, that because that's not more overflowing, that that's evidence that, you know, we shouldn't if the, if we right. just stopped abortion, that all these you know children are going to be there'd left, be you know, babies no pile. There'd be babies. Lucas, there would be babies literally piled up in the streets. Just That's piles basically what she's and piles saying. of yes. babies without any food, without anyone to love them. There would just be piles of babies everywhere. Here's, here's the political theater line. Worth noting is that the legislative opponents to Roe are largely participating in the political theater as if like nobody really cares about saving yes. babies, right? Yeah, I addressed uh, that in my piece because I thought it was so obnoxious. Yeah. Uh, She's obnoxious. Okay, but, because look, if this rabid energy was genuine, if it had any integrity, it would come baked in with the fiercest and staunchest advocacy for free birth control, comprehensive sex education, maternal health care, paid maternity leave, subsidized child care, affordable housing, marriage count. I mean, she's she's making her arguments the way that Democrats put together bills. It's like, hey, let's do a let's do an infrastructure bill, and oh, by the way, let's make sure that we're teaching children in Pakistan how to transition to be, you know, women. Like, it, like she's just throwing stuff in there yeah. that has absolutely nothing to do with the case of whether or not abortion, you know, should be, you know, a uh, uh, legal or illegal. I think th I think that there and it's is also a very anti-Christian whatever. Yeah, I I don't think that this is what she means, but I do think that I personally have had frustrations with much of the pro-life movement and not specific people within it, but it is a money-making operation. The, I mean, the, the advocacy, that's, again, everybody's got to make a living. I'm, don't get me wrong. But, and there are plenty of politicians, and, the, and those are the people I really get disgusted with, who, <laughs> who have given lip service to the pro-life cause, but then done nothing about it. Right. Like I'm a pro-lifer and I would I would support any bill to, you know, su to to support babies. And then you're not presenting any bills. You're, you know, you're not making the case. You're not making you're not going out and making the pro-life case on a regular basis. Right. I don't hear you standing up and cheering when this Roe decision might get turned over, get overturned. You're just you're going out instead of celebrating that Roe could be overturned. You're going out and saying, but we're not going to have a nationwide ban why don't you just focus on the fact that Roe might get overturned and celebrate that fact? Because that's what you have advocated for your entire political career on the right. That's what you have campaigned on. And you're not going to celebrate it when it's going to, when it looks like it could happen. 
Now, I will also, maybe some of them are just in the DGH category, right? Don't get happy, right? Wait until it happens and then celebrate. But I'm, I'm not, you know, I don't. People are going to be really sad if the core, if somebody changed, if there were. Can you mind. imagine? I, you, I can. Yeah, that's, I mean, I, I that's what I'm worried I mean, about. It would be the, it would be what I would call, you know, the pilot, the pilot syndrome, you know? I mean, pilot wanted to let Jesus go. And then the people, you know, were outraged. And so he gave in and said, well, I'm just going to wash my hands of this, you know? And I mean, right. I think that we have politicians and we have judges and, and possibly justices, you know, who, who could be prone to that. Right. My hope is that they're not, um, and that they'll stand strong. I think that's what we have to be praying for. Right. You know, but I mean, the other thing I was going to say on Jen, like, you know, here we have this, this, this great, you know, example of a progressive Christian and she's got, you know, this, I don't know what it is, you know, 400, 800 word essay or whatever on, on her thoughts on the, the, the row reversal. She done, as far as I have seen, she doesn't mention Jesus. She doesn't mention the church. She doesn't mention the Bible. She doesn't mention Christianity. She doesn't mention God in the entire post. You would think something as, you know, um, as, as controversial yeah. and as important when you have a national Christian influencer like right. Jen Hatmaker right. would would find some way to work in a statement about faith in this, but she doesn't. She Why? Just, because there's no biblical support for her position. Well, and, yeah, she, that, and because that she's would, so she's just so taken with ticking off all the boxes of the progressive list. That's all she cares about. She is what you call, in my opinion, a Christian nationalist. Somebody who has rejected her Christian faith for a nationalist agenda. Is that something you have addressed in other writings or speeches or anything? It it is. Huh, okay. Yeah. Oh, I'll be darned. <laughs> I mean, as insufferable as you are, good point. Um, <laughs> you know, don't you hate it when do up, you hate it as much as I do, Billy? When he's right. I know no, it's, it's the worst. Terrible. It is the worst. Borderline and borderline I, you know, insufferable. Look, I, I actually think, look, the 15-week ban would have been a victory, right? That the overturning of Roe, I did not think was going to happen. I thought. Chris, what did I say to you? I said, I think they're going to hold back on overturning Roe, and they're going to say, they're going to move the needle back to say fifteen week a 15-week ban is okay. To me, that would have been a victory. I know a lot of other people didn't think that was a victory, and they weren't going to be happy with it. Um, so I'm going to be, I think at the least, the 15 weeks is going to stay. I can't imagine they rule well, and against that's what, And that's what the, the, the rumor is, that that's what Roberts Robert. wanted, and in fact, is still working on. According to the Washington Post, I think it was Monday even, the, the Roberts is still working on writing a decision that keeps Casey in place, keeps Roe in place, but allows the 15-week thing to stand, which I don't know how you do that. They, I, I don't know how that works. but anyway, You'd have that's to a, dismantle the, the viability portion right. of Roe, it right. would seem. I mean, I, and the Casey appellate. So it's, it's really weird that, it, that he's trying to do all that. But here's the other thing that pains me. And it pains me in a way that only Lucas will enjoy. If this happens, you know who gets the credit? Besides God, obviously. Uh, Donald is, Trump. Yeah, this is Jesus Donald God. Donald Trump. Come on, yeah. chant with me, Lucas. It's, it's, um, that's. But I, I, you know what? This happens. It's you got to give you got to give him some. You got to give the man some credit. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. But. And I just want to say this now. Now, Chris and I, if you were to go back in the archives of this show to 2015 and 2016, these were the conversations that I had. Now, 
This was why in 2016 I made the decision I did. Right. And then no, I crop dusted I crop dusted and left. I didn't have to partake in 2020. I got what I needed in 2016. I was good to go. And here we are. Yeah. So it is interesting though. And yeah. you know. And I get it. And that was and Billy, I think again, if you go back in the archives, you'll see that that's the best argument to me. That was the best argument then. Yes. And I think it's still the best argument for his record now. I mean, if this happens. Yeah. If, yes. if though the opposite happens, right? Then we go, you mean you stuck us with these yahoos for however much longer they're here? Yes. Right. No, I don't think that that's going to necessarily be the case, but if that happens, then he's got to own that too. Yeah. And Trumple, think, I don't think Trumple Stiltskin is going to run on this. You better believe Did it. You, but have you noticed though oh, that he hasn't, that's his and I know I'm not, <laughs> I'm not meaning to rip. Trump here and when I say this but have you noticed that he hasn't really talked about it that much that he's really yeah, I mean he's been out on the campaign trail out there stumping for Oz he, he's stumping for the guy in uh, Nebraska and some other places and he hasn't really excuse me my, brought it up here's that much. my take and he on should, that and he should my take is that he is whether he's thought of this or somebody else has counseled him I have no knowledge of if this has actually happened um, that he's waiting because, you know, one, if he goes out hard on this, yeah. there's probably a greater likelihood that they wouldn't do it. Yeah, just, I get that. Just yeah. because, you know, because they don't want to seem like they're bought or that they're in somebody's pocket. And and there's also the danger if he goes hard on this and then it gets it doesn't happen. That, that is going to like it's yeah. going to take, you know, it's going to tank his his polls with his people, you know. So, um I think that uh, I think he's playing the long game here and playing it smart. Yeah, I, uh, then maybe he is. I don't know, but that would be. I kind of missed you first. guys a little. Yeah. Well. Well, get out of the get out of the COVID ward and join the world, <laughs> guys. I'm listen. I I go to lacrosse games. I leave. Hey, I go places. Hey, uh, Chris, my wife and I have decided that we're going to take a road trip this summer. Okay. And we're going to go see Billy at. Uh, his uh his castle in pennsylvania that's right so i think that you should fly out and meet us yeah listen actually on allegiant fly on allegiant i i would let me let me say this and then let me say something else about it there is nothing i would enjoy more i mean i would enjoy i would the family's in the other room i would enjoy flying and hanging out with you guys in pennsylvania for a week more than just about anything else <clears throat> that said, I, as you know, have started a new job and have very few vacation days piled up. So this can't happen right now, unfortunately. I've had enough. I've had enough of your excuses so, for everything. Oh but whatever. Oh my gosh. <clears throat> you know, one day we're all gonna have to hang out, Chris. I mean, you can't avoid it forever. Billy, do you have an extra bedroom there, or do I have to sleep on the couch? Yeah, I've got three bedrooms, and then downstairs we have three beds. So there's a lot of room to sleep. Okay. Yes. Uh, Can't wait. Uh, well. Yeah, there's a lot of room. The Church Boys. So, so you got a whole lot of stupid uh, being perpetrated by a whole lot of uh, stupid people, and then supported by even more stupid people. It's taken more than 100 years. Look, here's the lives. It's just, it's, I mean, you think about it.